does it make you the bad person if the person that you're hooking up with is the person who's in the relationship? This is a, this is a, woof. The plan for today, if you follow me on Instagram, I recently just made a like questionnaire poll about like me answering some of your all's questions, like life advice, relationship advice. So that's what we're doing today. First question, and I'm gonna keep everyone's name out of this, obviously just cause it needs to be on anonymous. Is doing the DCP worth it? I have said this numerous times. I will say it numerous times more. The DCP was life-changing for me. I mean, I literally wouldn't be here without the DCP. It literally quite literally changed my life. Like it gave me all the friends that I have now and my career. So, and the ability to travel the world. Like without doing the, the DCP, like where I'm at now wouldn't have happened. It's just a phenomenal thing to like actually, actually make money and like be with friends and like like-minded people. Like I feel like it's such a rare thing that like a lot of people don't really ever get to experience. It's, I don't know how to explain it. Like it, it's better than college because like college you get the social, you get the social experience, but you're kind of like always worried about like, oh, I need to be studying for something. I need to make sure I'm building a good resume. Not the DCP, the DCP is like you come, you have a good time, you make friends. That's kind of it. And you get to live at Disney World basically for free. And it's just, I mean, I really can't recommend it enough to be honest, I love it. Next question. Um, Okay, well, listen, listen, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be like this, guys, but this is what someone asked, okay? This isn't me saying this, this is someone else's words. They wanna know how to be a player like me. Listen, I'm not a player, I just crush a lot, okay? That's a song for all you youngins. I'm not a player, I just crush a lot. No, but realistically, I'm not really the kind, I don't like, it's very obvious, everyone knows this, I flirt with a lot of girls. Can't help it, it's natural flirt. However, comma, the only reason I am as slightly successful as I am with it now is because of the fact that basically all of high school, like I just got rejected for four years. So I basically learned what didn't work. I just kept trying and trying and trying and like I didn't really let rejection kind of affect me. Like, yeah, it hurts. But like, I mean, one thing happens and you just kind of you get over it. Like that girl doesn't like you, that guy doesn't like you, who cares? I can guarantee you in a month from now, you're probably not gonna be worried about it. I can guarantee you in two years, you won't even remember that person's name. Like I was going through, this is actually a funny story. I was going through some of my old, um, <laughs> my old notebooks and I wrote this girl like a, it was like a coupon code, not a coupon code, it was like a, it was a physical, I drew a physical coupon. I don't know if I have my mom send me a picture of it. It was like a physical coupon and it said like free for one Chick-fil-A date. I didn't even know who the girl was. I'm pretty sure I just probably just saw her on Instagram and just like shot my shot. Like dude, that like looking back on it now, I'm like, that is so cringy. I'm like, I didn't even know who this girl was. I never met her. Like why did I say something like that? But that's what I did. And I'm pretty sure it actually did work. We never actually went on that Chick-fil-A date, but it did at least get me in. And she was like, oh, like you're kind of cute. But the point is like, just go for it. What's the worst that's gonna happen? They're gonna say no. They're gonna get made fun of. Who cares? Who cares? So I feel like that's would be my advice. If you wanna be a player, um, learn to deal with rejection and learn to not let rejection really like affect you and like keep you down. Next question. Um, this person said, I love your podcast. Where should I start if I don't feel like things in my life are fulfilling? 
Wow. Okay, that's, we're getting deeper off the bat. Okay, wasn't expecting this. What should you do if you feel like your life isn't fulfilling? I think you should ask yourself, what do you want out of life? Because the thing is like, your life is your life. No one else's. You're not putting on performance for anyone else. So don't, you shouldn't feel like you're in this position where you have to make anyone else happy or even proud, to be honest. Like I used to really think I needed to like make my parents proud and like that was my whole goal. Like make money, get myself set up, make my parents proud. But like at the end of the day, it's like, it, what was it really like solve? Like something within you? How, for, okay, cool, for how long? Like, and everyone always says this like, oh, like money can't buy happiness, blah, blah, blah. First of all, that's a dumb saying. It's literally the dumbest thing in the world. Because if, if you think money can't buy you happiness, like if a rich person says that, okay, go donate all your money to charity. If it's not buying you anything, if it's not buying you happiness. Like having money is like, it's not the, necessarily the thing of like being rich. It's just financial freedom and like knowing you're not stressed out every week trying to like pay for rent, pay for groceries. But at a certain point, it becomes you have too much. Like you don't, no one needs, Jeff Bezos does not need as much money as he has. Elon Musk doesn't need as much money as he has. So the thing is like, there's gonna be a point where whatever thing you're searching for isn't going to fulfill you as much as you probably thought it would. And then what's gonna happen, because this is literally, I'm just telling you what happened to me. You're gonna realize like, oh snap, like the important things in life are my friends and my family and showing love to other people and like having love in my life. Like it's actually kind of funny, Jake Paul just talked about this on a podcast he was on. If we measured the success of people like based on how much love and happiness they have in their lives rather than their bank account number. Do you know how many people would be like flooding the forest to go find like monks and be like, what, like teach me, like what, how do I become as successful as you if we saw success as love and happiness? But we don't, we see it as numbers on a screen in a bank account. So that's why we look at like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and we're like, oh, like that's what I'm after. When in reality, it's really, I really don't think, I wouldn't advise that that's what you should chase. Like, yeah, money is part of what's gonna let you live and like money's important to have, but it's not everything. So as far as like find some, finding somewhere to start, you need to have conversation with yourself and figure out what you think is the most important in your life. And it's okay if that changes. Like for me, for a while it was getting a career on social media. That was what I thought would fulfill me. Then I got that. And then I was like, okay, now let's make money on social media. Then I got that. And now I'm looking around going, man, all I really want is to have friends and family and love my life. That's all I really care about. So start there. Start with a conversation with yourself. Someone else asked how to get the girl. This kind of goes along with the lines of how to be a player. However, it's a little different because it's a little more respectful. And I like that. How to get the girl or guy. Let's make it for anyone. I wish I could give you some good advice on this. I really do. Unfortunately, I've only been in one relationship, technically, and here's what I'll say from what I've observed from other people and how they go about getting in relationships the correct way. You kind of just have to be honest. Like if you just approach, if you just approach it with like, hey, this is who I actually am fully, unapologetically. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. You kind of don't really have to worry because if you know that someone likes you for exactly who you are, there's no performing. There's no like, oh, how am I going to, how am I gonna make sure they stay, they stay for another year? You don't have to do that. You can just be yourself. So how to get the girl? 
You want to know how to be in a relationship? You want to know how to find the love of your life? Learn to be yourself. But more than that, learn how to be comfortable and confident with yourself. Because when you can do that, whoo, you're going to be set. Someone asked, you seem genuinely happy. What's the secret? I am not happy, but I fake my happiness. <sighs> okay, you all are coming at me with some hard-hitting questions here. I thought this was going to be like a, <laughs> a nice little Q&A. No, you all like actually want real advice. Okay, welcome to this Jeep. Welcome to the office. I'm glad you're here. What is my secret to happiness? That's a good, it's a very good question. But I think the answer is kind of simple. I would say gratitude. I think gratitude is definitely what has helped me become the most happy in my life. Like I've never really gotten anything from, I've never gotten anything from worldly, this is, is gonna sound like very religious. I've never gotten anything from like worldly things. Like having, hooking up with girls is cool. Hook, having money is cool. Having a fancy car is cool. But like it doesn't mean anything. Do you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, when you wake up, all that really matters is, number one, do you feel, at least to me personally, do you feel loved? And do you have somewhere to give your love? Then, do you have your health? Can you walk around still? Are you, do you feel sick when you move? Do you, you know, trouble doing normal everyday activities? Like, and then like, is your family still in your life? Are you still blessed to have, you know, your grandparents, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your nieces, your nephews? And... It's actually pretty interesting because I actually started, this is how I got into journaling. I didn't really know how to journal. I kind of thought journaling was like a weird, I couldn't figure out how to start. I was like, you mean, you want me to just open a notebook and just start writing down my thoughts? I was like, I don't, I ramble. That's what I do. I was like, I don't want to write down a rambling session. That sounds horrible. I need some structure. So what I started doing was, got this on TikTok, was this girl was like, the way I start my journal is, I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And then I kind of just go. So for me, as someone who, like, I loved English class in high school. It's very easy for me, once I have topics, to just ramble. I can do that. So what I do is I write down two things that I'm grateful for. And then those are kind of my, almost like my thesis statements for each kind of thing I'm going to touch on in the journal. And a lot of the times that comes up when I do journal, it's my health. My health is, like, one of the number one things I'm constantly grateful for because... Like, I mean, it was literally like last month, I had like a deadlift injury. I just hurt my back really bad and I couldn't, I literally could not put my socks on without like straining for probably like five minutes for like a week. And I was like, dude, I'm 23. And like, I'm having this much trouble putting my socks on. I was like, I can't imagine what it's like to be 80 and like be someone who didn't take care of their body their entire life. How hard must that be to literally just live and just go about your day? So health is a huge one to me. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> gratitude, gratitude. So as far as like my secret to happiness or what looks like my secret to happiness is just learning to be grateful for the things that I already have because I'm gonna give you this, I'm gonna give this to you all for free. I, this honestly, what I'm about to tell you is probably something you should pay for. But because I like you all so much, I'm gonna give it to you for free. Get your notebooks out right now, all right? Heard this story one time. Basically, it's a perspective test perspective exercise and like I don't want I don't want you to think like this but just think about it if someone came to you and they took from you what you think is most precious in your life so just think about that for a second what do you think is the most precious thing in your life what would you be devastated if someone took away from you right now think about that do you got it now what would you give 
actually, hold on, let me back it up. Let me give you an example. So for me, the first thing that comes to my mind is my mom. Like if someone took my mom in my life, like I would be devastated. I love my mom. So the next question is, that per same person who just took that from you says, what will you give to have it back? It's an easy answer, everything. If someone took my mom out of my life, take my car, take how much money is my bank account, take, take whatever you want. I don't care, give my mom back. So then, if you would give everything to have that one thing back that you already have, what do you already have? Everything. Learn to be grateful. You already have everything you want. Everything you already needed and want in your life, you've already got. So be grateful for what you already do have, not what you don't have. Next question. That was a lot. I need, <laughs> I need a fun question. We're, we're getting too serious, too fast. Okay. <clears throat> um, someone said, I'm in my first year at school. A girl one year older than me, I like. However, comma, people think it's weird that I like her because I'm a freshman. Should I wait? Let me tell you something right now. Never let anyone make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. Okay? Go after it. Whatever you want in your life, do not hesitate. Do not let anyone else make you feel like you don't deserve it. Okay? Also, she's a year older than you. It's fine. I promise. Unless it's like, actually, no. A year older? That's not bad at all. Next question. Um, I want some fun questions. Someone asked me, this is good. What are some red flags for you when it comes to dating? No, listen, I don't like to put my business out there. <laughs> but um, as far as red flags go, this is actually a pretty tough question for me. A lot of people ask me this, like, what are your icks? What are your, what's your stuff that you don't like? To be honest, I'm pretty easy. Like, the my red flags I'm about to give you, they're so simple. You're going to be like, yeah, those are kind of like common sense things. Like, most people should do that. Listen, I've talked to a lot of girls. They don't all do it. Um, number one red flag for me is someone who can't carry a conversation. It is the most frustrating thing to feel like I'm interrogating someone when I'm on social on a date with them. Like, conversation, at least to me, comes very naturally and it's very simple. It's not like it's a hard thing to do. We're on a date, right? I ask you a question. I say, you know, let's say we'll go super simple. So I can, I can give you all some lessons, some show me how to flirt, Jeet. Ask you what's your favorite movie. You tell me, or matter of fact, the worst thing is this, could, this has happened. I say, what's your favorite movie? You can't tell me, they're like, I don't know. You don't really have to know. You can just lie about something. It's really fine. I'm just trying to make a conversation. I'm not interrogating you to see what, I don't care that much. I'm just trying to make a conversation, but whatever. They give me a movie. They, let's just say it's Lion King. My natural response, the first time I'm gonna do is go, oh, that's really cool, why? That why question is what's going to lead us into a conversation for the next 10 minutes. Because no matter what you say, I can spin off of it and start a different conversation, not about movies. I'm not actually asking you about the movie. I'm just trying to make conversation. So it's really a big pet peeve when people just aren't good at that. But then also, if for some reason, you say something that I can't spin off of, and I just kind of look at you, I'm just like, oh, that is really cool, blah, blah, blah. A very, very easy next step for you just ask me what my favorite movie is. Throw the question back. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But conversation is a big thing because it's like, me and Zane talked about this. Relationships are not built on like the super extravagant events. Like the like, la di da di da They're built on the boring days. Like when we both have nothing to do and we're just sitting inside all day watching TikTok. 
what are we going to talk about? Do we have anything in common to talk about? Do we have any similar interest? Anything that like we both like perk up when we hear about? And if you can't do that, like it's going to make dating kind of hard. It's going to make marriage the worse. Like everyone says this, but for some reason not everyone does this. You should date your best friend. And whoa, and uh, whoa, hey, don't do that. I saw that look you gave me. I didn't. That does not mean go tell your best friend that you have a crush on that you haven't told in five years that you that you're in love with him. Don't do that. I didn't say that. Okay. I don't hold, I can't be held liable, all right? What I'm saying is, <laughs> if you think someone, what I'm saying is I think the person that you date should be someone that like you feel like they're just a really good friend rather than like a romantic friend first, if that makes sense. Like your relationship, and again, this is my opinion. Don't You don't have to take my word for gospel. I'm just giving you my advice because that's what you're here for. My opinion, you should date someone who feels like your best friend first and then you just so happen to also be romantically interested in them. That's like the perfect thing you can get. And I'm not gonna lie, that's extremely hard to find. That's why like I haven't dated since high school because it's not easy. Like find someone who like you can just be genuine friends with, but then on top of that also be attracted to, it's a hard thing to find. But when you do find it, do not let it go. Next question. Someone asked, ways to de-stress yourself. Good question. Um, for me, I'm a huge believer and control what you can control. Anything you can't control, just don't worry about it. Climate change, like it's a big deal, it's a big problem. Me personally, I can, I can try to help. You know, I've got influence, I can make a video, I can advocate for climate change, I can donate some money to climate change. But realistically, like it's, it's gonna take government and country and worldwide effort to stop climate change. So like, yeah, does climate change worry me? Yes, but I don't let it stress, stress me out every single day because there's not too much of it that I can control. But the parts that I, parts that I can control, like, hey, I do want to advocate for it. Maybe I'll start making more videos about it. Maybe I'll donate money to a foundation that's working on it. Those things I can control. And if I do those things, then I'll feel good. I'll de-stress. Climate change was a wild example. I don't know why I used that, but let me put it in simpler terms. You've got a girl or a guy that you just texted. Let me do guy, because I feel like most, this a lot of girls can relate to this, because I have this conversation with my girlfriends all the time. You've got a guy that you just texted. He's not texted you back for two hours. Uh-oh, oh snap. Where's he at? Is he busy? Does he hate me? What did I say wrong? Am I coming on too strong? Do you think I'm clinging? Oh no, oh no. That's what goes through your head, right? Control what you can control. You already texted him, that's that. What he says in response to it and when he responds, you can't control. Don't worry about it. Like you worrying about it is not going to make him text you back faster. It's not gonna make him respond differently. Let it go. Good question. Someone else asked, how do you, whoa, man. I guess I came into this with the wrong mindset. I was thinking this was gonna be like a fun, <laughs> like a fun questionnaire thing. This is like, I'm actually being a girl's therapist. Okay, someone asked, how do you take responsibility for mistakes when people around you won't let it go? Listen, you're talking to the perfect person right now. I'm <laughs> like a perfect person to ask this question to, especially considering my situation. Here's the thing. As long as you take accountability and show that you are genuinely sorry for whatever mistake that you made, going back to the thing I just said, control what you can control. You're doing the best you can do on your part. If other people around you won't let it go, so be it. That's what you have to live with. It's the consequences of your own actions. Not everyone gets a second chance. Not everyone, wants, not everyone wants to give a second chance. And that's fine. 
You don't have to make someone give you a second chance if they don't want to. It's their choice. So I'll give you an example, a personal example, with me and being banned from Disney. Like, I think it's very clear to literally everyone now that I take serious accountability for it and I'm very apologetic about it and I understand where I went wrong and I realize how immature and stupid it was. However, comma, obviously I'm still banned. <laughs> so the people around you won't let it go. Disney still won't let it go, which is fine. Like that's not up to me to like try to change. Like if they don't want to let it go, they don't have to. But in my heart, I've made peace with it because I'm like, hey, I've done the best I can to show that I'm sorry for it. Now it's up to you. Now it's in your corner. So do your part. Take accountability, take accountability and move on. And don't expect anything from anyone. No one has to accept your apology ever. Because the thing is, you messed up in the first place. So you kind of have to live with that and just make peace with it within yourself. And then hopefully they'll see that you also made peace with it. And then normally they'll also get over it. Someone also asked, <laughs> how can I pursue my passion without losing money? Whew. Okay. Now, okay. I like these questions now. Okay. Now we're talking. Here's the first thing. Number one, I'll tell you, you can't start to pursue something if you're already looking 10 steps ahead. So say your passion is gardening. You got a green thumb. <laughs> but you're worried like, well, I like gardening, but you know, I can't figure out how to make a living off of it. Whoa, pause, time out. You just jumped 100 steps. Why don't we start small? You like gardening, that's your passion. Okay, let's go get a hourly job at a gardening center, at a floral shop, mowing lawns, doing landscaping, whatever it is. Hey, now that the work that you're doing, the job you have, the job you have is your passion, now it doesn't feel like work. You don't mind getting up and going to work every day because what you're doing involves your passion. Oh, but it's not making me enough money. Hold on, pause, time out. Don't interrupt me, okay? I see the look on your face. I know where you're going with this. I know what you're, I know what you're thinking. I've got it. Okay, it's not making enough money. So you know what? Because it's your passion. Guess what? You're passionate about it. So you want to do it at a high level probably. So now you're gardening, right? Let's just say, let's just do mowing lawns. That's easy. You're mowing lawns. Okay, it's not making enough money. Okay, we need to expand the business. We need more clients. How are we going to get more clients? We need to market ourselves. We need to get word of mouth. We need to somehow get more people watching us, more eyes. Okay, so now we do that. We do social media, we you know, tell our clients to tell other clients. We start doing really good work. Matter of fact, there's actually someone who, this is a great example, I know someone who does this. If you've seen on TikTok, there's this guy who goes around, he just cuts people's grass for free. You know what he's doing with that? You know how, how smart of marketing that is? He just goes around and says, hey, do you mind if I cut your grass for free? It looks a little overgrown. I'll take care of it. He records the entire thing. Mowing lawns, that's ASMR. People love that stuff. Those videos go viral every time. But you know what that's doing? Eyes on his business. So now he just took a lawnmower business. Bada bing, bada boom. Now look at him. He's getting more clients. He's making more money. Now he's making a living. Just scale up. Whatever that thing is. If it's not gardening, if it's not like a blue collar thing, if it's, say it's math. I don't know. That's, that's so bland, but we can do it. Say it's math. Okay, you do a job that involves math. You do a job that involves, maybe it's architecture. Maybe you're, maybe you're doing construction. And you like how you have to measure door frames. Okay, well, door frames are cool, but door frames don't make money. You know what does make money? Building buildings. So, okay, I'm going to go to a two-year college. I'm going to go get a degree, and I'm going to go become like an assistant construction specialist, whatever it's called. 
then that's not making you enough money. You go back to school, get do two more years, you get another degree. Now you're an architect. Now you're not just designing buildings, but you're helping plan out cities. I don't think that's actually what architects do. I think that's like a city zone planner, but whatever. The point is you understand where I'm coming from. Scale up, wherever that thing is, but bring it all the way back to step one. Your first, your question is just misguided. Like, don't ask how you can pursue a passion without making money. Just start pursuing the passion and then figure it out from there. Like, you don't have to have everything figured out immediately before you start. And I know what you're gonna say. I know the next thing you're about to say. You're already looking at me again. You gave me that look. Oh, but gee, my parents don't want me to do that. My parents are scared that I'm making a mistake with my life. It's not their life. It's yours, okay? I'm sorry, I'm getting, ups I'm getting worked up right now. Don't let anyone else live your life. You only get one of these. Do not feel like you are in this like box where you have to do what everyone else says because it's tradition. It's traditional. Go to school. Go get a job. What if that, what if that doesn't make you happy? Doesn't that mean anything to you? I don't know. That's just me, man. Um, next question. Ups and downs. This, I'll make this one quick so we can rapid fire through some of these because I feel like I've been giving you all a lot. Ups and downs of being a full-time vlogger. Um, there's not really a lot of downs, to be honest. Other than, you know, it takes time. Like editing, especially for me, like takes a, a lot of time. And sometimes like you might not feel as present because you're the one filming. But I mean, like all in all, like I get to, I traveled the world last year and got to film it because you all are entertained by what I do. Do you know how huge of a blessing that is? There's no downside to that. Like, oh, I'm stressed out because I have to make, I need to make sure I get seven videos out while I'm in China. What? You're in China. Like, I, like you, grateful. It all goes back to gratitude. Like, I'm just, I, I really can't, like, say that there's a downside to it. All right, next. Actually, hold on. Hold on. Before I keep going, let's check the live chats. What's going on? Let's see what's going on. Because, uh, as I told you all, we're live on Instagram and YouTube right now. Let's take a look at any questions anybody's got. A lot of people are asking me how I, I've gotten this question a lot on Instagram, too. Everyone's asking me about, like, my physique and like how I do, what I do to work out. Um, here's the thing. The gym has kind of like always been a part of my life because I, I feel like I kind of like identify myself as an athlete, which I'm sure sounds very dumb to say, but like when, when my like high school baseball career ended, like I was like really like distraught. Not because I was like, oh, like, like baseball season's over. Like I'll, ne I'll never play baseball again, like on a team. I was just distraught because I was like, I'm supposed to be an athlete. That's like how I considered myself for, I mean, basically all my life. And now it's like, I don't have a sport to compete in anymore to continually say that I'm an athlete. So working out has kind of just been like a identity thing. So as far as like why I work out and like the workouts I actually do, I'm not gonna go into full detail. I'll just tell you all like a few things. I train so failure for like every set. I don't do, I've toned down a lot of how many sets I do. I used to do like, three to four sets to failure on everything. I don't do that anymore. I only do about two sets to failure. And then as far as abs go, which is what a lot of people love to talk about or ask about, I don't know if people realize this or not. A lot of your abs come from just eating right. Like if you have low enough body fat, your abs will show, which is why you'll see a lot of skinny guys have abs. It's not because they have strong abs. They just, they just show better. So, like, you'll hear most bodybuilders talk about this. Like, abs are not a sign of, like, strength. They're a sign of aesthetics to an extent, but, like, not strength. Like, they're just vanity. They're vanity muscles. Anyways, enough about working out. That's, like, a whole different conversation. <clears throat> so, 
Some, okay, well, back to working out. <laughs> Someone asked, how do I stay consistent with working out? Easy. Love the wrong person. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Not really. Um, no, it's pretty simple. Uh, I think once you get in the gym, you're going to realize that it's very addicting. My mom actually this actually just happened. She started working out. After like two months, she called me and was like, I see what, what it's about now. Like, I get it. Once you start seeing results, like, it's very hard to stop because it's like, oh, crap. Well, I just, I just benched 135, but I can do 155 in a month. You'll just keep going. It's like, oh, snap, I just hit, I just dropped weight from, you know, I, w I was 140, now I'm 120, you know, whatever it is. Point is, I think once you, once you start to, like, see results, it's pretty easy to stay consistent. But it's also just making it, making it easy for yourself to get to the gym. Like if you know it's hard for you to work out in the morning, don't go in the morning, go at night. If you know that you need caffeine to work out, use that at the beginning, as long as it gets you in the gym. You need to take some pre-workout, take some pre-workout, man. Just don't hold me liable. I just realized I can't really want to be saying that. <laughs> um, next question, is long distance worth it? Whew. Okay, now we're really talking. I can't really speak on this from experience, but I can speak on it from friends experience and I guess my own opinion I think that long distance is very hard it's a very hard thing to ask someone depending on a lot of variables right like if let me connect these um if you all just started dating right you only been there for a month and they're going to be long distance for another month who cares you just met them like it's only a month it's fine. No big deal. However, comma, let's say that you just met them, you've been dating for a month, and they're going to be gone for five months. That's a long time. And I mean, reverse it. Like, say that you have known each other for a year. Say you've been, say, say like this. Say you've been friends for a year, and you're going to do long distance for another year. Oh, well, hold on. Back it up. Say you've been friends for a year. Say you start dating, you've been dating for a year. So now you've known each other for two years. That person is going to go long distance for a year. Here's the thing. This is where things get complicated. Because, and everyone like wants to like, I like this isn't a thing, but it totally is. Labels are an expectation. The thing is, if you, let's just put this as a scenario. Let's say that the person that you've known for two years, been dating for one year, is going to go long distance for a year. With the label of boyfriend or girlfriend, you're going to think we need to be talking and catching up 24-7. We need to be talking every day. Let me tell you something. Talking every day for a year over the phone is probably going to be very hard. I'm not saying you can't do it. You totally can. 100% feasible. 100% realistic. But it's going to be hard. And if you don't mind it being hard, go for it. However, comma, if you were already friends for a year, if you've been dating for a year, and you're going great, things are going great, it's just that it's not even like saying that, hey, we need to take the label off so that I can go mess around with other people. It's just to drop the high expectation of like, if we're dating, we need to be talking. If you're gone for, if the person's gone for a year, it would be very, a lot, it would be a lot more easier if you just talked, you know, every other day. Or who knows, you might get busy. You might go on a vacation with your family for a week and just kind of, you know, forget. We have a good time with the family. You'll probably want to tell them, but hey, you just might forget. Who knows? But the issue is with that label comes the expectation of we need to be talking. So I don't know. I just think there's ways around it. I think like 
I'm not saying if you're gonna go long distance, like you need to just drop a label and like when you come back, if things work out, they work out. I'm just saying from my personal perspective, that would definitely seem a lot easier. But then again, like I said before, if you know that person is your person, do not let them go, ever. When you meet the person you know is the person you wanna spend the rest of your life with, hold on to them as tight as possible. Not too tight, don't squeeze them, don't hurt them, but you know, just a good, you're not going anywhere kind of grasp. <laughs> um, someone asked, what do you feel like would make you the happiest in a relationship? I mean, my, my, my first reaction is just love, right? Like just having someone else that really like loves and cares for me. But I feel like that's kind of like what you're kind of supposed to have, right? <laughs> oh, snap. Okay, we got a good one. Well, <laughs> not a good one, but <laughs> it's a... Okay, I'll just... <clears throat> someone said, my girlfriend broke up with me and it's been hard. Any tips to move on and feel more normal? One, I'd have to ask how long has the breakup been? Two, I'd have to ask how long were you dating? Three, I'd have to ask a lot more questions. I got a lot more things. Did they know your family? Did you all do the hanky-panky? There's a lot of questions to ask. Point is, I'll give you some general advice. Um, number one, don't, don't feel like you need to move on super quick. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to be this, oh, I'm, I'm over it. I'm good. I'm cool. Like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. Like, you should be. You should live with those emotions. You should sit in and feel it, process it, and let it go through. That's the whole point of Inside Out, if you've ever seen it. The entire point of that movie is you can't have happiness without sadness. That's literally that, the thesis statement of that movie. So don't worry about moving on too quick. Next thing, as a part of the moving on process, distracting yourself is a very easy, easy thing to do. It's why you see every single guy go to, go to the gym when they get broken up with. But I think you really need to like kind of sit with yourself and ask yourself like where things kind of like went wrong. Whether it's on your end or their end, but just so you know, and like you're kind of at peace with it. That way you don't, that way you're not at your job a month from the breakup and you start thinking about, oh man, like what was it? Because that just ruins your whole day. And now your whole day is ruined because of the breakup you had a month ago. Take some time to yourself, work through it. Talk to friends, friends always help. Make sure you talk to the right friends. Don't talk to friends who suck at giving advice and aren't good at relationships. <clears throat> Someone asked, is my hand the best companion? Whoa, guys, okay. This is a family-friendly channel, man. Sheesh, good lord. Someone asked, I need advice for first time cruising. Anything would be helpful. I gotcha. I am an expert cruiser. Well, maybe not expert, intermediate. Um, my advice to you would be just enjoy it. Honestly, and that sounds kind of dumb, but like, I think a lot of people go into cruises like with this expectation of like, it's a vacation, there's an itinerary, like we gotta be doing this, this, and this. Relax, man. Take a chill pill. Pull up a seat, grab a drink, tan, read a book. You're on vacation. You're paying a lot of money to be here. You shouldn't be stressed out. A practical piece of advice, I would say take, make sure you bring your own toiletries. All cruises have, like they provide you with stuff, but like, do you know how nice it is? Especially if you're on like a week cruise, you know how nice it is to have your soap, your facial cleanser, your lotion, your saving cream? Just a quick one. I mean, cruises, there's not really a lot of tips to give. Like, just enjoy it. And, oh, actually a good tip to give, make friends. Whatever cruise you go on, make sure you make friends with people, especially the first day. Because do you know how fun it is? Especially if you're on a cruise, you're going to the Bahamas and you run into the guy who you talked to for 20 minutes the first day. And he's also at the same bar that you're at. Now you got someone to drink with at, in the Bahamas. Matter of fact, you probably slid out of the same port, right? There's a good chance they might be where you're from. You might get off that cruise and have a new best friend. Make friends. Someone asked, 
How old does the girl have to be to go out with you? Okay, guys. <clears throat> Here's the thing. I don't know how old you are asking this question. Number one, consent is very important. Let me just put that out there. Um, number two, my general rule of thumb is if they're in the same school as you, like middle school, high school, you're doing pretty good. Even if it's like eighth grade and freshman, it's a year apart, you're doing pretty good. Um, but like things can get a little weird when it's freshman high school, freshman college. That's where you're gonna start to get the looks. I'm not saying what is right or wrong, not my place to say. I'm just saying that's where you'll start to get the looks, that's where you'll start to get the judgment from. So to answer your question, use your best judgment and always make sure consent is there. <clears throat> someone said, <laughs> I feel like I'm like the, uh, what is it, Jeopardy? I'm, someone said, oh, like survey, oh, Family Feud. Survey says. Survey says. Someone said, I feel like I'm stuck as time just passes me by. Any tips to get out of this slump? That's a great question. Any tips to get out of a slump? We've all been there. I've been there. Um, I think it kind of depends why you're in the slump, right? Like if the slump is because of something kind of like traumatic, like you don't really have to feel like you need to move on super quickly. I think that's what a lot of people, this kind of goes back to the other question. I think a lot of people think that like, you need to move on very quick. You don't, like it's really fine. Like take your time, process your emotions, go through it. Um, a good tip would be just start doing things again that make you happy, do the little things. And if, and I'll give you some examples. Like one of my things is if I know that I'm not feeling good or if I'm in a slump, the gym always helps me. Um, going for walks, just getting sunlight. That's why I'm outside today. It's a nice day out. I, I just love sunlight. Um, drawing helps, journaling. Just anything that I can do that I know, even eating, like my favorite snacks, like that helps. Watching movies. Just whatever the little things make you happy. That's what I would say. And then... I guess it kind of depends what the slump is. Like if it's a, you know, like a life slump, like you're like really like not sure like what you want to be pursuing, what you want to be doing. That's a different question. I think that starts to come down to having conversations with yourself, which I mentioned previously, but I feel like a lot of people just don't really do it. Like it's, do you know how hard it is to sit down and have a conversation with yourself and, and go, hey, who am I? What, what do I actually like doing? It's not easy. It might, you might come up with absolutely nothing. That's what happened the first time I did it. I sat down with myself. I was like, what do I actually enjoy doing? And my first answer was like, well, I like playing baseball. Okay, well, you're not doing that anymore. You can go play in a softball league. That'll be fun. But like, like what else? What, do, you, do you have any hobbies? Do you know what I mean? And it was hard. It was hard for me to be like, oh man, like I really, maybe I'm kind of boring. If you don't ever have that conversation with yourself, you'll never know. Because no one's going to tell you. I can promise no one's going to tell you. No one's going to look at you and be like, dude, you're boring. And if they do, I would thank that person, to be honest. I wouldn't even be mad. I'd be like, wow, that's honestly very bold of you to tell me that because that's a crazy thing to say to someone. <laughs> someone said, <laughs> how do I meet people to travel with? All my friends are married with kids and or don't have money, a.k.a. they're broke. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. The thing is, when it comes to finding people to travel with, it's not always going to be super, super easy. Like, man, and I've had this issue with JoJo, like, I love traveling with JoJo, but last year, that was all we did. I only traveled with him, pretty much. So, like, when I think about this year, I'm like, yeah, I still want to travel, but, like, I don't want to go on every single trip with JoJo. I already did that. We already had those memories together. I want to start making memories with other people. And the issue with that is your question. Some people have wives and kids. 
Some people have pets. Some people don't have enough money to travel. Some people can't get off work to travel. So how do you find the people that you want to go with? Um, honestly, I wish I could tell you because I wish I knew. I would say the best place to, to start, like if, if you were really asking me, I really had to give you the answer. Go solo travel and meet people who are also traveling. Like if you want to backpack around Europe, but you don't have anyone to go with, go, go in a hostile, in a hostel. I'm sure you'll meet someone. You'll meet some other people who are also doing the same thing you're doing. Are you going to like them? I don't know. I can't guarantee you that. But I can guarantee they're going to be on the same wavelength you're on as far as traveling goes. You want to go on a cruise, but you don't have anyone to go with. Just go by yourself. Make some friends. And I guess that's a lot easier said than done. Hold on. This handcuff is really messing with me right now. Um, it's a lot easier said than done, obviously. But I guess that's kind of my, it's kind of my, uh, what do I want to say? Not scapegoat, but like, I guess secret trick is I'm just very social. So like it's, I don't, it doesn't really bother me to go places alone and just make friends. But let's say you're not. Let's say you're a little on the shy side. Nothing wrong with that. Love shy people. I think if you just go and like kind of realize like, hey, even if I talk to this person and they don't like me or I come across weird, let me tell you something. Let me tell you a secret. You're never going to see that person again. That person you met at Publix, at Walmart, at Target, that you had an interaction with because you were just trying to be goofy with, be silly with, you're never going to see that person again. It doesn't matter. Forget about it. Forget about it. All right? Go on the cruise by yourself. Go solo travel by yourself. Be safe. Be safe. Please be safe. But just go for it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Be safe. I, I need to stress that. Be safe. Um, what we got here? And another question. Another question. Wow. This is, these questions just lead along to what I'm saying. This is like a, this is crazy. I'm giving you all a free therapy session. This is kind of nuts. Advice for introverts to put themselves out there for relationships. Kind of what I just said. Like you really just kind of need to learn like, here's what, here, you know what, I'll give you, I'll give you an actual practical tip and send me just saying stuff that like, it just sounds good, right? You learn how to put yourself out there. I'm going to give you my exact advice, like my exact what I did because I used to be an introvert. I used to be a very soft-spoken, quiet person. You know what I did? Rejection therapy. Rejection therapy. It works. If you don't know what it is, I'm going to explain it to you. Rejection therapy is basically the idea that you're going to start doing everything you can and asking questions that you know people will say no to so that you can learn rejection and learn that, hey, just because someone said no to me is not the end of the world. I saw someone, I, the way I did this was kind of like the extreme version. I would just flirt with every girl I saw and just like in my head, I just assumed they would already say no. And hey, from someone who used to play baseball, if three out of 10 people like you, you're batting 300. That's phenomenal. Three out of 10, three out of 10 is not hard. You can do three out of 10. Someone will give you a smile back. Someone will like it. I promise, somebody. Even if they don't, even if you go one for 10, who cares? Even if you go over 10, if you go over 10, guess what? You just got 10 free lessons. Now you're gonna be better for the future. That's the way you have to look at it. You have to look at rejection and failure as lessons, not losses, nothing to be ashamed of, okay? I actually have a friend, Khalil. Okay, well, hold on, back up. So other than that extremely extreme way, you can also do it with like, say you're in high school. You can do it with colleges. Apply to Harvard. Gee, I'm not gonna get into Harvard. That's the point. Apply, get the rejection letter, and you're gonna realize, oh man, it's okay if someone says no to me. You're gonna do a different thing? Go to a grocery store, ask someone if they'll help you get something down from a shelf. 
They might say yes, they might say no. The point is, you're just putting yourself out there and you're just asking very, very normal questions. And regardless of what the person says, it does not matter if they say yes or no. You're learning to just put yourself out there. That's the whole point. I could probably think of a few more examples, but that's what I got so far. Well, I was saying, my friend Khalil, I'll put his at in. He does this game, I don't know if he came with this or not, called Point and Shoot. Basically, it's this confidence building game where he's with his friends, pointing at a person, that whoever's up, whoever's turn it is, that person has to go get their number, and that's it. Point and shoot. It doesn't matter. It's like, hey, it's your turn, go. And you might think, like, oh, that's kind of like, you know, immature, juvenile. It's not in the aspect of, like, oh, get her number so you can hook up with her, get her number so you can date her. Like, that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is just to put yourself out there and learn how to be more confident. Because I can guarantee you, if you have 20, because this is literally what happened to me, if you have 20 people say no to you, eventually you're going to learn what you're doing wrong. And eventually you're going to learn, oh, snap, this is how I need to talk to people. This is how I need to communicate. This is the vibe I need to give off to be more friendly, to get the reaction that I want. You're going to figure it out. I promise. Is it going to be awkward? Yes. Is it going to be painful? Yes. Is it going to suck? Yes. But you know what? You're going to come out better for it. You're welcome. Shout out to Khalil. Someone said... <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me. My ex-boyfriend dumped me. Oof. He said, I'm an amazing woman, but too stressed with the relationship. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Too stressed with the relationship. In guy terms, I think that means clingy. However, comma, I'm your friend, not his friend. So I'm on your side. The thing is, a lot, here's what, ugh. and I don't want to just immediately like kind of like disc, discredit this, but a lot of times, when people break up, they're not going to... Ugh, I feel like I'm being so like aggressive and like brash when I'm saying this. A lot of times when people break up, they're never actually going to tell you the actual reason they're breaking up with you. Because they still care about you and they don't want to actually hurt your feelings all that much. So they'll come up with some kind of like close-ish thing or they'll just completely lie and just kind of go with it. Like, and it sucks because it would just be nice if we were just honest. Like, oh, like... I'm breaking up with you because of this. But like, you've been dating that person for a year. You might not want to break their heart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's gonna hurt when you break up with them, but like, you still have a little bit of compassion, so you're gonna lie about what you're breaking up with them for. Now let's get back to your question. So off on a tangent. Too stressed with the relationship. That the only thing I could think that would mean is like you're maybe like over, and I don't, I, I feel like I shouldn't say it like that. The way he might see it is that you're a little overbearing, or a little clingy, or a little controlling. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I would gather from someone saying you're too stressed with the relationship. Almost like you care too much about it. Or it could be that maybe what he could mean by this is that you maybe like him way more than he likes you, which does happen. And if that's the case, that's not really your fault. Like, sorry that I loved you too much. You know what I mean? Just find someone else who's also on that same kind of like love level. So don't take it too personally. I would definitely think... Definitely maybe consider a few of those things, um, the controlling and the cleaning stuff, if that is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, JoJo's back. Next question. You help with one of these? Okay. Here's a great question. I want, someone said, I want to move to Orlando so badly, but scared to leave friends and family in my hometown behind. What's your advice to them? My advice would be anything like that's hard in life is like worth chasing, I guess. Like, if you stay comfortable in your hometown or with the friends you have, that's great and all, but 
there is such a big world out here and you don't know like what opportunities will present itself if you decide to push yourself. But you won't be rewarded in any way if you don't challenge yourself. Things aren't just going to come to you. You have to go out there and get it yourself. You know, like G mentioned earlier, we both moved down here. I was comfortable. I had a good job. I saw a whole another life in front of me. and I was like, I don't want this. So I came down here and started working for Disney. But that, that goes for anything in life. It doesn't just have to be Orlando. Anyone who wants to move anywhere, it's like the world is truly like massive. And you just, there's so many people, so many cool things to do. And if you, yeah, if you, if you stay comfortable at home, that's all you're going to get, home. That's a good point. That, that's, I mean, that's perfect, really. It's a big blue world out there, people. We're going to do some rapid fire stuff because we're a little over time. Over time? We're over... We're in overtime. We're over. Is that why it's called overtime? Wow. Let's figure that out. Someone said, how do you grow and get over past relationships to start to heal and be able to start a healthy one? Like I said before, have a conversation with yourself. Kind of like realize maybe what about that relationship went wrong, what you wanted that maybe you weren't getting, what your love language is, what you want in the future, what you deserve. Have a conversation with yourself. Like, be very honest. And if there is things you want to work on, work on them. Don't jump into another relationship and start working on them while you're in that relationship. Don't do that. Make sure that you're not like using someone else as a crutch for yourself. I'm not saying that you can't be in a relationship while you're also working on yourself. You definitely can, but like the idea of getting a relationship while you're not healed from a past one, typically in my experience, never goes well. Someone said, I'm in my DCP right now. What's your best advice besides not making TikToks that get you banned, LOL. Ha 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 ha, yeah, very funny. <laughs> no, that, that's usually good. Um, my best advice, enjoy it. It's going to time your life, make connections, make friends, make as many friends as possible because you never know what other people are going to go on to do. You never know. The person that your roommate's with might turn out to be a social media star. The person that your roommate's with might turn out to start working for Disney, be a CFO, start running the financials. They might start working for HR. You never know. Be friends, be kind to everyone, make as many friends as you can, but most importantly, enjoy it. Take lots of videos, take lots of pictures, and just be in the moment. Because I promise when, it, when it's over, you're going to wish it never ended. Someone said, someone said, is it home wrecking if the homeowner lets you in? Such a real and not talked about topic. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Y'all are, are waking up my toxic side right now. Is it home wrecking if the homeowner lets you in? Oh, I see what you're saying. I was confused for a second, but now I gotcha. So let's put this in simpler terms. Does it make you the bad person if the person that you're hooking up with is the person who's in the relationship? This is a, this is a, whew, okay, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. So the way I see it, it always takes two to tango, right? Both parties are always involved. No one's innocent in this, in this situation, period. However, comma, there definitely can be more blame placed on the other person because especially if the, especially if the home wrecker doesn't even know that there's a home to wreck in the first place, you know what I mean? It's like, how am I at fault? I didn't even know. Not me personally. I'm not saying me. I'm just saying in general. Don't give me a look. I saw that. I said, guys, relax. Anyways, it's definitely a lot more on the person who's in the relationship to set the boundary first. The person who's flirting or home wrecking, um, like they're definitely not free from fault, but they're definitely not the ones who are the most at fault. Next question. Someone said, fuck Jeet. He's turned on. Do not disturb at 6 p.m. It's now 10 p.m. Do I double text? Woof. Woof. 
He turned on Do Not Disturb? Well, good question. Because Do Not Disturb means a lot of things. And I hate people. I don't hate people. It perturbs me when people use Do Not Disturb. Because I'm someone who I always like to be available to my friends. If you have my number, I don't really think you're going to be blowing me up for like nonsense. So I'm like, if you're texting me or calling me, it's probably for something kind of important. So I want to always be available to you. However, comma, people who use Do Not Disturb. To me, it's almost like a signal. It's like, hey, do not disturb me. <laughs> so don't double text. Let it be. Like I said before, control you can control. You stressing about it does not make them respond faster. You double texting, unless they didn't see it, will not make them respond faster. However, comma, if he turned on do not disturb after you texted him, he definitely saw it. Think about it. Think about it. <clears throat> Next, we got one last slide to cover. We're already over time. 17 minutes. <sighs> okay. Someone said, how do I approach a girl and just have a normal conversation without being awkward? I love this question. You know why I love this question? Because I have a phenomenal answer for you. Here's what I'll tell you. Here's my advice. Whenever you go to approach someone, and let's just take the girl part out of it. How do I approach someone and just have a normal conversation with them without being awkward? Don't worry. I gotcha. If you approach everyone as if they already like you and as, and as if you are already their best friend, interacting with them is the easiest thing in the world. Try it, I promise. The reason that you're so good at approaching guys and girls who you're not interested in is because you're not putting on a front. You're not trying to impress them. The issue is when you go up to someone who you do like, you think, I need to do everything in my power to impress them. But the issue is, that's not genuine. That's not authentic. So it comes across awkward. That's literally the, op that, I mean, that's the antonym of like genuine and authentic, awkward. That's why it's doing that. So if you go into it with, we'll do both examples. Say you're at a bar. Or say you're in high school, or say you're at a grocery store, or say you're at, well, I was gonna say the gym, but don't approach anyone at the gym. I, I highly don't recommend that. But whatever, say you're in a situation, you wanna approach someone, but you don't want to be awkward. If you walk up to them as if they're already your best friend, do you know how much comfort that puts on the other person? Because then they also don't feel like they need to put on a show to impress you. They also don't feel like they're like, oh, I need to make sure this person likes me. If you were approached like, hey, I, I already like you, we're already actually really cool. It's very comforting. So just try it. That's what I would say. And especially with, if your intention is to try to hook up with someone, which I'm not about hookup culture, but if that is your intention, I'll give you some advice. <laughs> if you approach people or you just want to seem more confident when you flirt, if you approach someone as if they already like you, it's very, e it's a lot easier for you to interact because it's almost like you have nothing to lose, which you already don't, but you just don't believe that in your head. And then like I was saying before, it puts that person in perspective of like, it almost like psychologically like tricks them, which I, I don't like want to advocate for, but like, that's kind of what it does. Like, cause it's like, oh, it's like you're already acting like I like you. And to some people, I will say, let me put this out there, let me put a warning. To some people, that's gonna turn them off. They're gonna be like, ew, this guy's, or girl is like egotistical or cocky, gross. You have, there's a very fine line of how you do it. Because you can, if you don't want to come, come across too cocky. Because that, no one likes that. But if you can come across as very friendly and like a best friend, going back to that, date your best friend, it all goes back to best friend, you're going to have it pretty simple. It's going to be pretty easy for you. There you go. Next question. Someone said, I was recently diagnosed with metastatic stage five prostate cancer. I'm very nervous about it. First and foremost, I want to say I'm praying for you. That definitely does not sound easy. That one does not sound fun. The most advice I can give you for something like that 
all goes back to what I started with. Just get some people around you who are going to be like loving and caring. Like it is anything like medical like that. Like it's super scary and, and it's something that like they nurse about is definitely not like crazy. Like it's very realistic to nurse about something like that. I think just having people in your corner really helps. And you know what? I'm in your corner. I'm praying for you. Matter of fact, everyone who's watching this is praying for you. Someone said, should you drink the water? Guys, I thought we were over this. Okay. What happened? This goes back to that. Ouch. Ow. This goes back to that one thing that guy said. What do you do if you apologize for mistakes, but other people keep bringing it up? You laugh about it. You, can, you just work through it, man. It's okay. I already made peace, peace with it. Did I break these? You laugh through it. It's funny. It is funny. It was dumb, but it is funny, like now. Someone said, how do you love yourself more? Huh. How to love yourself more? That's a good question. Um, it's got me stumped a little. <sighs> All right. How to love yourself more? Ugh. This is a toughie. Huh. How to love yourself more? Well, I feel like you got to start by loving yourself, right? Like, you kind of have to start on the, on the base with the basics. And the only way you can, like, kind of love yourself is knowing who you are and liking that person. Like, you should be the person that you want in your life. And I think once you start to do that, you can get to a point where we're learning how to do it more often becomes easier. Like, I can't, I feel like I can't really give you any, like, practical, like, things, like, oh, do this, do that. I'll just give you my personal, my personal advice. I wanted to give you some, like, therapisty advice, but I really can't think of anything. As far as how I came to love myself more, I learned what actually makes me happy. And I also learned, like, who I want to be for other people. So one of the big things that, make me, that makes me happy is providing and like being able to help other people because like I'm, I grew up like not having really like much. So I know what it's like to have nothing. So now I, that I'm in a position where I'm able to provide and give to other people, it provides me with a lot of self-love because like I know where it's, what it's like to be where they're at. And I wish there was someone in my life who would have came along and did what I do now. It's like, hey, I see you're struggling. Here's how I can help. I don't expect anything in return. So I would say how to learn yourself more. Learn to be the person that you wish someone would have been for you. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Um, <laughs> that was a heavy one to end on. Bye. Love ya.